0: This is the place to come if you care about getting your period regularly. This podcast aims to educate, inform, and keep you motivated on your period and HA recovery track. So let's dive in. But last thing, nothing on the show should be taken as medical advice, so please seek the advice of your physician. Are you listening to this show hoping to get some golden nuggets to help you on your way to recovery? Well, great. I hope that you find them because that is exactly what this show is for. But if you really want to take your recovery all the way, completely commit and get on track with your goals, whether they be finally feeling overall healthy, finally getting pregnant, or finally getting back to training, you'll want to join us inside of the HA Society. Not we've got a few recovery periods, we have your back, and we're all your new best friends. So come and meet us at thehasociety.com forward slash join. That's thehasociety.com forward slash join, and the link is in the show notes for you. Okay, on with the show. Hey everyone! Welcome back to the AJ Podcast. Special surprise for you guys because it's not just me, and it's not just me and Ashley, but <laughs> Ashley and a guest. We have Katie Saltzman here. She is a nutrition coach, per- coach, personal trainer, and she has a really great podcast that all of you guys will love. And I know you all are like looking for the next podcast to listen to. So, crying burns calories. And we heard Katie do a talk at um restore and reconnect here in Austin which was an event a few weeks ago and we loved her presentation she just was was just totally our vibe so we're excited to be bringing her into the tribe with you guys to just share her story and talk her her journey and speak her wisdom so welcome to the show Katie
1: thank you so much for having me I'm happy to be here
0: Yes, please. uh, I I introduced your your titles, but really like who are you? What do you do? What are you passionate about?
1: Yes, that's amazing. So my name is Katie Saltzman. Like she said, I am nutrition coach, personal trainer, podcaster, but really overall, I have this huge mission to teach women how to take back control of their health and their happiness and help them understand that their health is so much more than just physical. It's mental, physical, and emotional.
2: Mm. love it, yeah. Oh, I love
0: it. <laughs> yeah and so we were we so wanted to have you on show because we knew you had first of all you had a history with aj which is a mostly a prerequisite for being on the show so that you can understand but what what was your what's your experience with just like total burnout losing your shit <laughs>
1: yeah i mean i've had a couple of them <laughs> along the way Um, leading up to being in my mid thirties. But honestly, the biggest reason that I do what I do is because I went through this phase of burnout, of losing my cycle, of not really understanding who I was, of really only finding myself in the fitness realm, trying to change my body. And that was what my main focus and goal was in life. And I pushed myself way too hard. I was so disconnected from who I was, so disconnected from my body. And I thought like, this can't be health this can't be what healthy looks like because I am the least healthy person mentally, physically, and emotionally right now. Um, and to the point where I, I literally had a breakdown and I was speaking on this at the event. I said, I remember sitting there thinking I can't do this anymore. And so I decided that there has to be another way and I'm going to find that and figure it out. And I did. And now it's what I teach women how to do. It's what I base my career off of because I was so broken. And I'm like, if I can feel this good in all aspects, um, that I would be doing a disservice if I didn't teach women how to do this.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I do think that we all have like a responsibility to pay it forward. So, so what we on this show, we love like the actual story, yeah <laughs> Not it's like the story um so where I'd love to know like what led you to the path where you like first thought you were doing like what you were doing was serving you do you know what I mean like how yeah. where does it really begin
1: yeah I, I think a lot about this because I wonder like how did I become so far from who I was like meant to be Uh, And I think a lot of it, like one was a perfectionist mindset my entire life, but I think the overarching theme for me was trying to fit into a box that I wasn't meant to fit into. I was pulling in these different pieces of my life, you know, when I was younger and I grew up in a really, really conservative Christian house, which I love my family. They're amazing. But that really is where my like perfectionist mindset started. Of I have to look a certain way, be a certain way, put a smile on my face. And then that led into, you know, later years of my life, the teens, the high school, and then social media. So I'm pulling in, trying to what my family told me I should be, what society told me I should be, what's um, popular on social media. And I'm pulling all these different aspects in it. And I'm trying to fit into this box that literally is not me at all. and is isn't meant for me or my body. I'm just trying to look and be a certain way. That I thought that I should be, um, and that really led to burnout—not just physically, but also mentally and emotionally. It's exhausting to not show up as who you are in life, to not show up as your authentic self. It, there's there's nothing that exhausts you more or puts more underlying stress on your body. And I just ended up in this position where, not only was I not happy with who I was, I hated my body, I hated the way it looked, and I had no self worth because I didn't know who I was. Um, and I think that would lead anybody to burnout.
0: Yeah. I feel like this is like Ashley's like goal. <laughs> I mean, and I tot- totally agree with all of it that where we get so caught up in this idea that it's like it's entirely completely attached to our worth and our like identity and and how we show up in the world. But actually it's just like completely pulling you away from it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's super interesting too that, like somewhere along the lines, like we have believed that our worth and our identity and love is up for grabs Mm -hmm. that like, that like it's that it's this movable thing that has to be earned. It's this thing that like, you have to fill the tank in order to achieve it. But somewhere along the lines, like we have bought in into unknowingly, like, oh, I have to perform for this. Mm -hmm. I have to, you know, like very performative. Um, But one thing that he was kind of thinking about when you were talking is I think it's so interesting um, how whenever we get so used to dieting that we're so comfortable with hunger that we no longer feel hunger anymore it's because we've gotten so used to like denying our body and honoring our body yeah and that little rabbit hole led me to how that even is with women who are like recovering like getting dressed and wearing certain clothes that no longer serve you. Like there's just so much. I think as women that like we do that actually doesn't serve us all for the potential to earn love validation, a spot status, something. Right. And it's just like peeling back those layers of, okay, does this actually fit me? Like, or am I trying to fit into that box? Like how much of what we do, how much of the clothes that we wear or that we force to, or that like we force ourselves to wear or to look like is really just so that we get into a box so that we literally fit into a box so that we fit into a pair of jeans so that we fit into this gym culture, so that we fit into this other culture so that we fit into the approval of others. Just really interesting
1: yeah and a lot of that is basing your worth solely off of the way that you look or trying to fit into something that you're not and when you're basing your worth off of that your your self-worth will never be there Mm -hmm. or you know if you're basing your worth off the way that you look as your body shifts and changes as you go through things in life as trends change right because even society's like definition of beautiful is constantly shifting And if so, our self-worth is only in something that's constantly shifting. We're never, we're always going to be like chasing that. And that's not something to chase. So one thing I like to go deep with on women is like, when was the last time that you actually set a goal that had nothing to do with your body? That Mm -hmm. wasn't uh, based upon the way that you look, when was the last time that you had something that actually filled you up, that helped you grow and evolve and You know, i talked with Ashley a little bit about this, like soft season in life is we're always checking things off the boxes. And is that even meant for us? Is it even serving us? How do we do something that gives back to our body instead of takes away? And when I say gives back to our body, I don't even mean the way it looks. I really mean mentally, physically, and emotionally, because most of the things we're doing are completely draining and depleting us. And we're doing it to try and fit standards that aren't even meant for us. And it's like, what if we just dropped all of that? What would life look like?
2: Yeah so while women go through recovery there's this point where we have to realize the body that you may want and has been told is validating worthy is a body that will not menstruate for you it will not produce produce hormones for you like you will not get a bleed at that body due to your genetics right due to the way that your body's made up and how that is different than somebody else's and so it's really at this pivot point of do I let go of what is literally draining me and has Mm -hmm. put my body in a burnout like your actual body is like yeah we're just like not doing this anymore Mm -hmm. (laughs) You you know what I mean Um, it's just really that place where it's like, yes, you can keep chasing this goal that doesn't serve you and only gives you temporary validation, love and worthiness, because as soon as you change, like you are no longer in that mold, or you can really start connecting with your body, healing, letting your body lead. Um, just like that soft season that you had spoken about. I was just like, yes, yeah, the other option, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, if, if your dream body is a nightmare to maintain, it's not a dream body
2: <laughs> in
1: any way, shape, or form. It's like if everything you're doing is just making you miserable at all times to where you have to go to extremes to maintain it, that's not a dream body. If you're losing your cycle, like, I mean, we all here have gone through that. That's not a dream body or situation. And I know when I was at the point where I'd lost my cycle, the, I, w- I was at the all time low. Did I maybe look the part? Yeah, but did I feel that on the inside? No, absolutely not. So it's starting to shift away from like, what really does make you happy? And if your happiness is found in six pack abs, we gotta go deeper. We gotta start checking that because that is not worth, you're risking your mental and emotional health for trying to maintain a body that's not meant to be maintained like that. Like, I don't know when when having the most lean body and having six packs abs became this ideal picture of health, but it's
0: not. Yeah. Like there's an argument that it's literally the opposite. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: it's not yeah. an argument. There's actually like scientific
2: facts. Well, yeah.
0: Like I often think about like when I'm standing at the the checkout at the grocery store and I see the magazines that they're still publishing and there's like that fitness model on the front cover. And it's like, you know, lose 10 pounds in three days or something like that and i look at it and it's like the irony here is that in preparation for this photo shoot which is edited but in preparation for this photo shoot this person was probably literally at their most unhealthy yeah and they're on the front cover of a health magazine like the level of irony that we're at as a culture and we are totally <laughs> blind to is actually mind-boggling and it's so um like institutional and just like systematic from how from being super young that we're actually brainwashed and it's quite cult-like and that's why it's very difficult to get to like shift your perspective and often it takes yes. women losing their health to be like uh where where am i like, yeah what, like, what's going on
1: <laughs> it takes reaching an extreme to like get us to come back from that which is really sad that it's like that but you are you're right we we're conditioned um i don't know have, have did either of you see the new york times article that just came out i posted yes. it i posted it on my story i just did a podcast episode on it it it's getting so much backlash and for good reason but the title of it is bye bye booty heroin chic is back and it has like pictures of the Kardashians, an old school picture of Kate Moss, Bella Hadid, looking very, very thin. And it's basically saying that ultra thinness is coming back on the runway this year. We saw models like, you know, last year we saw so much body diversity on the runway this year. It's back to stick thin models. It's back to very small clothes. And this is the trend that they are coming back to which is so wild to me because our body and our body sizes are not a trend Mm. and we think that they are, and we're associating it with that. And it's giving us like PTSD to anybody that went through the nothing tastes as good as skinny feels era, because that's what caused us to push our bodies to extremes and so much disordered eating. And my biggest thing that I was saying is like, this might be coming back in, but we have the choice to opt out Mm -hmm. at any point that we want, because this is not healthy.
2: Well, we talk about all the time, whether it's our community calls, on the podcast, or whatever. Is that there has to be this level of shaking, right? So we just get shaken up, or like, where are we? And then there has to be this level of like, obviously, we need confidence to develop this, and that's what we're working on as we heal, right? Because that's really the like, mm-hmm. but we have to get to this point where we're like, you can choose to do that, but that's not an invitation for me to join. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's so much power and be like, okay. Yeah. But that's like, not for me. Like, thank you. But that's not for me. I mean, I just don't understand where we've gotten to this point to where, it's just, Oh yeah, I'm just going to do it. And no longer pausing me like, but is that for me? Right. Because a lot of the issues that we run into is so-and-so is lean and they have a cycle, even though we don't really know whether they have a cycle mm-hmm. Is it an ovatory cycle. Um, are they on the pill and they think that they're having a cycle, just like all the things. Right. And, um, one of the things is like, but like at the end of the day, you have your life experience of When I got this level of lean, and when it took me this much effort to get this level of lean, things did not go well. And because I have this firsthand experience, I'm going to opt out of that heroin chic is back. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? There's so much power in that if we're willing to not believe that our body is against us and it's just malfunctioning because it's not heroin chic thin.
1: Yeah. You're exactly right. And what what's crazy about it is that so many of our builds aren't even like I have an athletic build, I will never, even if I went to extremes, I would never be that small, not that I'm even willing to do that or compromise that anymore. But what we have to understand is going back to like, our body sizes are not a trend, our body sizes are what they are, the way our body is, is actually so beautiful. And the more we can embrace that and work with it, instead of constantly trying to achieve something that not only will never achieve, But in order to do that, it's extreme calorie restriction. It's pushing our body to crazy limits with workouts. And also it's compromising our mental and emotional health. And it's just not worth it on any level.
0: At a minimum, (laughs) it's a complete waste of your time. Yeah. Yeah. That is what's so bothersome to me is like in the few years like in the, the handful of years that we've been recovered we have produced significantly more for our communities and our families than we did like, but like literally produced <laughs> like yeah i mean yeah. <laughs> totally but like the, the headspace, the time that you get back like yeah. this I don't know if this sounds just like super feminine feminism or whatevs, but
2: yeah.
0: like, I feel like this focus, I know that this focus on having the smaller body and like make, like forcing ourselves to comply and spend all this time, this effort and this money on complying, making our body comply. One of you guys said something um true. I think it was, it might've been you, Ashley, that was like, oh, Damn it. I don't remember. I don't remember, but I really liked it that we could we could just be doing we we could just be doing so much more. Yeah. So much better. Like we, the three of us here, like shouldn't even have these jobs. Like I just want us, like the whole world to be doing other things. I want these women who are like tied up in trying to be smaller to be like in the laboratory, like solving. Yeah humanitarian issues, you know, <laughs> like big, big stuff that a bunch of people here are 100% worthy of, of doing, but they just don't want to gain weight. Yeah.
1: One of the things I'll ask women is like in an ideal world, if you weren't controlled by your thoughts around food and your body or by stressors in your life and the anxiety that all of this has caused, if we took that out, Hey, even though it's hard to imagine, because we're so consumed with this every single day, what would life look like for you? What would you do? You know, and typically the first answer will be something along, like something that has to do with working out, right? Because we're like conditioned, like that's what we want to do and focus on. But I have clients that are, you know, trying to run in order to lose weight, just over stressing their body out. They don't even have a cycle, their hormones are off, all these different things, but yet they're so focused on that weight loss. And they're like, well, I don't know, maybe I would like maybe I would do Pilates or maybe I would learn how to ski or maybe I would take a dance class. And it's like, why are you not doing those things? If that's what brings you joy and that's fun and that's a healthy way of movement. Like why are you shifting away from those things and doing something that you can't stand that's overstressing your body again? And, and if we even take it out of the physical, yeah, you know, I talked about this again at, with um, Kaylee when I was speaking there is that like When we're dealing with self-worth issues, it doesn't just have to do with our body, but it overflows into every aspect of our life. We don't go after our hopes and our dreams. We don't go after the business that we want. We don't make the moves that we want because we're so self-conscious and we're not showing up as who we're meant to be. And like, that's the biggest disservice that you're doing is you're holding yourself back in every aspect of your life, not just physical.
2: I was trying to voice this to somebody. I was thinking about how, like, we're going to launch this cert. Right. Mm -hmm. And I was like, imposter syndrome's hitting all, you know, like, you know, like all the normal things And I'm like, trying to voice this to me. No, no, I (laughs) know. Yes. Probably on a polo, a rant. (laughs) And I don't even have it figured out, but I know it's connected. So here I go. Attempt 21 to voice this thought that I'm having. And in my head, I saw myself being like, well, if I was just skinny, leaner and our cover would look this way I can hide behind it but I'm not you know what I mean and it's just like it's just so much realness is out there and even me recovered feeling just really comfortable in my body and all these things there's still this draw to like but almost that like leanness and thinness is this mask that we wear mm. to hide behind. You know what I mean? It's almost a clothing that we wear. It's a mask that we hide behind. So long as
0: you have the ideal body, you do not have to try in life. It will just come to you.
2: It'll just, you know what I mean? Or like, it's just okay. Bullshit.
0: Because as soon, it never, because you, you got there, Ashley. Oh yeah. You were super lean and super jacked. And I think you got shit for it personally. (laughs)
2: it's true I got nothing but like uh it's like
0: so I'm just I just want to put that out there that like yeah we know from experience too right like mm
2: -hmm. yeah so I think it's interesting that even so like coming from that extreme that level of leanness that level of being jacked that level of having that package that everyone would say was ideal and yet I didn't because it took so much maintenance because it does take maintenance and it does take effort there was Mm -hmm. no Room to actually try, fail, even if you fail, you know what I mean? That, like, I don't know how to explain it, but it's almost as if we use leanness to hide behind so that we don't have to feel failure in some sort of way. Right. Like, you know, like we're like, okay, well I'll go to this event, but as long as my hair looks good and my body looks lean, then mm-hmm. eh, it's okay. You know, like, whatever, at least it was a good, you know what I mean? Night. No, it wasn't a good night. You didn't connect. Like you didn't put yourself mm-hmm. out there. You weren't vulnerable. You hid behind your like, I don't know. So okay. that's the thought there there's take 21. I still don't think I got it out as clearly, but it's getting there.
1: No, I totally understand um, what you're saying though. But I, again, I think it's just the way that we view like thinness or an ideal body or someone being jacked, having lean composition. We think that they're at their happiest. We're like, Oh, good Mm -hmm. for them. When we all know that most of the time, that's our most, that's when we're the most broken, right? Mm -hmm. For me. Yeah. I had six pack abs, but I was in an abusive relationship and I was like, on the verge of an absolute breakdown. And now out of that, yeah, am I 10 pounds heavier than I was? Absolutely. But I'm so freaking happy right now. I'm not, you know, ignoring the issues in my life. I'm not ignoring healing and just going to work out and lift because that's all I knew how to do to distract myself. Mm -hmm. It's these, it's really these masks that we we do live behind. And one of the things, Ashley, I don't know if this like resonates with you or if you use this example when you talk to any clients, but Who you are now and who you are 10 pounds thinner is going to be the same person. That does not change you. We think that, oh, I'll be happy when I get to this weight. I'll heal my relationship with food when I get to this weight. But it doesn't work like that. You have to truly become happy. And then maybe you'll get to your healthiest weight. Maybe it's what you're at right now but it's healing your relationship with food and becoming your happiest self. That's going to get you to wherever you want to be with your health. Um, which sometimes our goals that we set aren't even ideal goals that we should be setting, but I feel like that's a different conversation. Yeah.
2: A great conversation, but yeah, yeah, I think it's one of those things where I do think, I think that we think happiness is tied to a certain body composition, right? We're mm-hmm. like, how do I, well, then how do I be happy outside of that? You know what I mean? And I don't, this is a theory, it's out there. Take it or leave it, take a grain of it, disregard or leave <laughs> it. I don't really know if any of us know how to be like happy without obsessive with our body. Like, I don't know if they actually, unless like you just let your, like, stop controlling your body. Yeah. You know what I mean? I do think that there has to be this aspect of where you're no longer forcing your body back into that box. You know what I mean? Of, is it possible that you find happiness then whenever you're not warring against your body, you're not forcing your body, you're not pushing it. You're actually letting it be and living in your body and living your life. Not that it is this certain, certain body composition, because you're not going to maintain that for the rest of your life. So are you trying to tell me that life's over? You hate life. You hate everybody at 90 because you lost your physique. Mm. Are you going to tell me that you hate life? You hate everybody immediately postpartum because you don't have your six pack abs anymore. Like, like we know that this isn't true. So where does happiness fall when it comes with your body composition? And I feel like an aspect of that is when we stop controlling it. We just start living in our body.
1: Yeah. We're we have to understand that like our body is on the same team. We need to be on the same team Mm -hmm. as our body. And we're typically like working completely against it. And nobody, nobody like not to get like really dark, but at your funeral, nobody's ever going to be like, wow, she was really lean. Mm -hmm. So why are we living life to check the boxes of like, we're living life obsessing over our body and the way it looks all the time. Instead of living life, we only get one life to live. And you're spending years in this precious time. So obsessing over the way that you look and losing the last five pounds or whatever it might be. Um, and when I was in the thick of my healing, I was working with a self-discovery coach because I I was not only healing my body from the inside out, but I was healing from a lot of things mentally. And one of the questions she asked me is she was like, Katie, what do you do for fun? And I did, I like, didn't have an answer. She said, and I said, actually, I said, working out. And she said, working out's off the table. You're not allowed to say that as an answer. What do you do for fun? And I had no idea I worked, I did my business, I worked out and that was my entire life. That's what I structured it around. And that was a really big wake up call for me. And I ask women the same question now, and they really can't come up with an answer um, on what they do for fun that gives back to themselves. And yeah, it was, that was a big wake up call for me. And one of the biggest things that I could relate it back to was, When I was younger and I was dancing with like my girlfriends, that was the last time I could remember having so much fun where I didn't care about what my body looked like. And she was like, awesome. Like, what, what are we, what dance class are we signing up for? So I signed up at like 30 years old for a hip hop dance course. And I got humbled at how not good of a dancer I was. But it was an experience that grew me so much. Um, And I was able to laugh and I was able to be sort of carefree without judging myself or my body in that moment. And that was the first time where I'm like, this is actually what life is about. And if I can do more of these things that add back to my life, I'm going to start creating this life based around happiness.
0: Hey, are you trying to recover and maybe even fall pregnant naturally? Or head to our website and you'll find a link for it and find when the next available presentation is going to be. That's thehasociety.com forward slash masterclass. And that's when it gets really hard when the the voice pops up that's like, hey, like you lose some weight, which we just it's there, right? Yeah. Um it pops up, it gets very it gets very weak, it really loses its power when you have all this evidence and this experience and your life is full, like I'm like, too busy, like having fun to like yeah. do that stuff. And yeah. I would love actually, cause I, I do want to ask you about the goal setting thing that you do with your clients too, but I yeah. would love like any tips that you have with, um, when it's cropping up, that thought is, is popping up. Like, that it's a distraction, right? It's trying to take us away from like this amazing life we could be living and yeah. this fun that we could be having. Do you have any like cool mindset hacks or strategies or anything totally putting you on the spot? No, um, that's okay. Just like when someone's uh, like about to get distracted.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Which makes sense because we're conditioned constantly mm-hmm. to be like, oh, this fits a little bit tight. What diet am I doing? When mm-hmm. am I like, how am I working immediately out today? like crushing?
0: neurological pathway. This fits tight yeah. so like, and your brain goes down the pathway. How do you like pull it back? It's It's that masculine
1: energy that I think we're all conditioned to instantly go to. And it's hard. Like, look, I'll be honest. It takes practice. I wish I could say there was one thing that was like, this is like the ultimate hack, but really it takes practice because your mind is conditioned a certain way. So in order to recondition habits, patterns, and behaviors that takes time. It takes earning a little bit of trust and it takes trying something new. But I think the biggest thing is creating a moment of intention around that. It's like, okay, so if you are feeling like you want to change your body instead of my biggest thing is always doing things that give back to your body, 1200 calories doesn't give back to your body. So if you want to, if you're feeling like maybe you haven't been making the healthiest choices, cool. Well, what is one thing you can do that's giving back to your body? What is one thing you can focus on that? But I'm always saying, okay, if you want to do one thing physical, cool. What are we balancing it out with that isn't physical? How are you creating fun in your life? What is like, how can we create the masculine and the feminine and and really balance that out? Um, And for me, it's just, again, creating those moments of intention, but having fun. One of my biggest things, I had it on a sticky note, just for literally two years in front of me was being relentless with my happiness. And when those thoughts kicked in of, I want to change my body or I should be dieting, is that being relentless with my happiness? No, that's letting old patterns and behaviors kick back in. And that's going to take me to a place that isn't relentless with my happiness. So my thing is I I always keep sticky notes in front of me for little reminders, because when that voice in your head kicks in, um, again, it takes practice to turn it off.
0: Yeah, yeah we don't, you don't like the discipline to work out. Like that's not a muscle you need to flex anymore.
1: No, we don't need to work on that anymore.
0: Yeah. Like when that's why I love that. It's like when it comes up, like, well, what's something that's more fun to go do? Like go do that. Yeah, absolutely. And then if that fun thing like really isn't speaking to you, you know, then maybe you you're starting to head into that direction of balance, but it's like, I love that. Okay. Awesome goal setting I want to hear what this is that you do with your clients Mm because obviously goal setting when people hear that they think of it in a specific way um and it's like I'm gonna run a marathon or I'm gonna lose x amount of pounds or maybe it's even like I'm gonna get my period back and it's like that's my goal what's your take and why is this so effective for you
1: Yes, um, one thing I want to say, which is wild, is a lot of women, when they say they want to get their cycle back, their plan to do that is wildly inaccurate of how they're going to get it back. They think they need to be healthier and do more to get it back, which is actually the opposite, but that which is just wild. But when it comes to goal setting, i I ask every single woman that I work with, whether you're in my small group, my one-on one, I say, tell me about your goals for six to eight months. You know, that not a single person ever, I've worked with hundreds and hundreds of women, not a single person has ever given a goal outside of their body, outside of weight loss, outside of strength, outside of composition change. Like not a single person has ever been like, oh, I want to do this in life. Or, you know, I really want to just like, I want to feel more confident so I can go after my hopes and my dreams, something along those lines, which I I'm okay with. Cause I dive deep with that. But my one question is your body is off limits. You're not allowed to set goals related to your body. What do you want to do in life? What goals are we setting that don't have anything to do with this? And I just had this conversation with my small group two weeks ago. And I have this 60 year old woman named Donna in my group that I absolutely love. And she's struggled like for years with just diet to diet to diet. And she said, you know what, Katie, I really want to learn Italian. I thought That is fantastic. That is so amazing. And then last night on our call, she said she took her first babble lesson and her face was just like lighting up and she was so happy and excited. And she told everyone what she learned. And it's those moments right there where we don't realize that like, she would have never done that. She thinks her goal, her only goal in life is about your body. And so if you can do anything, get anything from this podcast, it is set a goal for yourself that doesn't have anything to do with your body and start going after that. Because if you want to work on your self-worth and how you view yourself outside of your body, then we got to start building that up. That's the muscle we need to work.
0: Yeah. I like that because what, what people are actually saying is when I'm thin enough, mm-hmm. I can do this. Yeah. I can do that. I just need to get there. So yes. any energy spent not focusing on that is like keeping me away from my goal of learning Italian. And you're like, yeah. that's nonsensical, right? Yeah. Like
2: Well, I think this kind of goes back to that. We view our body as a piece of clothing, meaning that like, in order to do this, I have to get dressed. And so I put this on in order to do it. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, where did I ever, like, when did that start thinking that? Cause like you look at kids, they wild, they will do whatever clothing or no clothing, right? Like, you you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, Yeah. Like I have this group of kids who play in like, you know, this, I mean, like my street, literally they're probably like the last kids on earth that are playing outside, but they're outside all day, every day. And the things that they do, you know what I mean? And like my, little one, the things that she tries, the things that, you know what I mean? There's not this, let me get ready. Let me look like something before I go and do this again, going back to it being a mask of what, like, what if I fail? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't know where we came to the point where our body was like a clothing item.
1: No, I, I totally, I couldn't agree more. And one of the craziest things is like, for women, if you ask them, like, do you believe you're more than your body? Do you believe like your worth is so much more than your body? And they say, yes. And it's like, well, why are we not treating it like that? Why is that our only focus every single day? Why is it the only piece of clothing that we're putting on is the way that we look in our body? If you believe that you're more than your body, if you, if you saw your best friend and you were like, yeah, she's so much more than just her body. She's this amazing human being. That's how everybody views you too. And it's time to start viewing yourself like that and treating yourself like that. And what if that shift was the shift that you needed to get your cycle back, to create this happiness in your life, to be the healthiest version of yourself. And when I say healthy, that doesn't mean it has anything to do with your body.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Love it.
0: Sort of let, and, and I know we, we like shorter ish on time, but this is like kind of a left turn. When I, when I hear stuff like this, when we're all totally in agreements but I sometimes slip into like, if I were a client, what might I, what might I push back on? Like, what might I be like, well, but actually, um, and one of the ones that comes up, cause I hear it is, uh, But like just the, the fear that others will see us, like that this strong belief that other people really do prescribe, subscribe, prescribe, subscribe, really exactly. do subscribe to that. Yeah. And I mean, I just want to be like, well, screw them. <laughs> you, know, won't, you can't control
2: them. Well, but I like, think that goes yeah. back to that invitation. They, they, they likely do. They likely do subscribe to that. I mean, I think about like the older generation of women who probably still subscribe to that and is it like it's not just us that are exiting out of that right you know what I mean but like it's very it it is real that I'm sure I mean like I have some clients who have some like their moms my goodness let me write an email (laughs) you know what I mean yeah um can say some really horrific things based on do you think you're gaining enough weight? I think that's enough. I think we've gone too far. I, do you really need to do that? And so the biggest thing that I see out of that is like, can we have compassion for your mom that that's where she's still at? And that's what she's mm. still struggling. And that's how she views herself and everybody else. And that is true. But mm. is that the life you want? Because we're gonna have to do something different.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I mean, I think compassion is the perfect word for that. And then I also think it's important that we create the necessary boundaries and create that new environment that we want. I talk all the time about changing the conversation around health. And I try and emulate that in every aspect of my life. Like you will never see me walk into a room full of my girlfriends and compliment their bodies and talk about what diet we're on. And that's all I did for years. The only thing I talked about was my body and my diet. And if I've gained weight or lost weight and how comfortable I am in my skin, that's not a conversation anymore because that's not getting to know somebody like, can we stop having these surface level conversations with women? Cause it's not only uncomfortable for us, but it's uncomfortable for them. And it keeps things going in a direction that we don't want. So I set the boundaries with my mom. Like I, I love my mom, but she's very much in that mindset. And she knows that like, We don't make comments about our weight. And if we're in front of my niece and my sister, and we're taking this awesome, fun, loving picture, and you're like, you don't say, I hate the way my body looks, or I look overweight in that picture. My mom knows not to do that now because I've asked her not to, I'm not scared to set those boundaries. And I don't do it in a disrespectful way, but you want to start creating this really healthy environment for the people around you and know that like my relationship with you means so much more to me than anything you have to say about your body. And it's so much deeper than that. And that's part of my healing. And I hope it helps them on their healing as well.
2: Well, yeah. Cause I feel like they've never had anyone be like, Hey, let's talk about something other than our body or yeah. Hey, those comments there, you know what I mean? Like I have, like we have, um, she's almost two guys in February. I'm going to be that mom. Like, I oh got, she's almost two, <laughs> but I'm very mindful of who I let her let anyone watch her because it won't be someone who's talking about going on a diet. It won't be someone who's talking about how they hate their body. It won't be someone who's talking about so-and-so looks like this. Like that is just that now can I control every dialogue? No. And I hope that whenever we get to that place, she sees me model how to navigate that. Right. Mm -hmm. But before I can even get to that, that's something that I have to live myself. And by living that myself, my mom has realized Hey, like, that's just not how this relationship is flowing anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. Or like my husband's mom, like, that's not the relationship we have in food here in this house. Right. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I think that these boundaries are so loving, it's loving, but it can be confrontational because mm. they've never had someone model that for them. They've yeah. never seen what can health look like outside of your body.
1: Yeah. It is, it is a hard conversation to have and it's uncomfortable at first. The best way I look at boundaries is they are there to improve the relationships in your life, not to take away from them. Um, so whenever I'm explaining boundaries, I always try and explain it like, this is gonna help us have a better relationship.
0: So true. That I'm glad I went, I'm glad I put you guys down that rabbit hole because I think it's like, it's well and good to believe one thing, but we also- just need to like touch on fear of the opinions of others Mm -hmm. it's huge love it okay Mm -hmm. all right this is awesome before I ask another question Ashley was there anything you Mm -hmm. wanted to like take Katie's brain on
2: yeah well quickly what did the soft season look like for you like Mm -hmm. like like, Mm -hmm. like what did you have to step away from what were some things that you're like oh I can't believe, because a lot of times people think that soft season means sitting on your couch and doing nothing. And while, Mm -hmm. trust me, I've learned to embrace that and I love it, but there's so much more to rest in a soft season than doing nothing. And while I think that's super important and like, we do need to get comfortable with doing nothing. That's a whole, that's a whole other thing. Yeah. Yeah.
1: rest is also like, that is also going to push you forward in the direction. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, um, yeah, there's a lot behind that. But as far as what I did, I pulled back completely from working out. So my soft season, I had lost my cycle. I was losing my hair. And I, again, I was like, this has to change. And I had some doctors have some serious uh, serious talks with me. I mean, I had my hormones tested, everything I physically, like my body was producing no progesterone, everything was thrown off. And also I was super unhappy. And so I pulled back from any sort of working out any sort of lifting for three months. I'm a trainer. That was the hardest thing I ever had to do, but the best thing that I did because it wasn't serving me, my body, I I was using it as an outlet to push away from other things. And I had to heal what was going on in my life. So um, my soft season looked like a lot of walks in the sunshine, putting myself out there, meeting other women. I chose to not look, I'm single right now. I've been single for 15 months. I chose to not put any, um, go on any dating apps, not distract myself. I needed to feel fulfilled. And I had reached for fulfillment in every other aspect of my life instead of finding it with myself. Um, so my soft season was that I would I would wake up in the morning and I would do like a little bit of yoga and mobility and some journaling, which was never anything that I did. Um, I went for walks in the sunshine with my dog. I started going to these events in Denver, these community women events where I was connecting with women. And like, look, there's so much value in true, true connection um and meeting people and getting in the room with people that lift you up. Uh, and then i I, for me, the soft season was really transitioning my business from, this physical health aspect to mental, physical, and emotional health. And all of those things, like I feel more aligned in my life and my body and my business than I ever have, And it was because I took that season of softness and I didn't focus anything on my body. And I focused on how can I build more connection in my life? How can I love myself more? And how, how can I build more connection and community and create a safe space and environment for women?
2: I love that for so many reasons because it's like we talk about this all the time is that you have to reconnect with the feminine energy and connection. And that's like kind of like what I heard. I feel like that's what I heard is like this reconnecting yeah. with the feminine energy. I was talking with one of my clients of like I function so much in the masculine that's always going to be running in the background. I don't need to practice it anymore. It'll yeah. it'll always be there. It'll pop up. It's like, it's like, it will, the, all, one. it will always be there. It'll always, it is not going anywhere. I put too much time and effort into that sucker. It is not going if, but so anytime that there's an opportunity for growth, I do now reach for a feminine energy aspect because yes. it is the deficit that I do function in. And so therefore Like, I don't need to worry about being more disciplined. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone with HA does not need to worry about being more disciplined. Okay. No, if anything, we need to reinvent what actually discipline is. And did you know that there's an ebb and flow is not the opposite of discipline? Yeah. Like, it is not the opposite. It is like (laughs) the partner to it when it comes Ah. to feminine energy. Anyways, I just love that because so many of us need to like embrace that. And maybe that means taking some things off our plate. Oh, yeah. Exactly. That
1: 100%. It's not what can we add to it, it's take away. One other thing I did that I didn't mention this, I was a group fitness instructor. I was I taught at Equinox. I was like the best but ever instructor. I did the hit classes. Like that's what I was known for. That's what I built my name on. And I stepped away. I haven't, I mean, I taught on stage um, at an event last weekend, but outside of that, I haven't taught in a long time since I left Equinox because I had to pull away from all of those masculine energy, go-getter things in my life because they were not aligning with me anymore. That doesn't mean I don't care about my health. That doesn't mean I still don't like to work out and be fit. I like to do it in a way that serves my body, not takes away. And what I had built, everything was just taking away from it. So I had to just stop and relearn before I was able to pick it back up.
0: Like that. Yeah. I think that, okay. Like our like takeaway homework for everyone listening is what like journal prompt exercise here. Like what should, what could a soft season look like for you? Yeah. how are you approaching recovery that's not serving you in a way that that could i think that's a really good exercise for people to consider i love it like i said for good
1: hot girl summer soft girl season it's time
0: yes well it's like easy said easier said when going into winter for sure yeah that's only one side of the hemisphere right the other side yeah they're going into that really frustrating season. That's always harder for our clients for some reason. Um, something that I that I think ugh, I feel like I'm just losing my thoughts, and I keep having to write them down so that I don't, so that I can come back to them. Um, don't worry about it, though. I didn't write that one down. It was, I'm like out of it. <laughs> I feel bad. I'm not remembering my question or my my thought but it was like that's okay it was important because it was i feel that i see clients often sharing that they're approaching recovery um, in such a way that they're doing everything they can and are checking all of the boxes and they would like to know what more they can do mm-hmm. um, and that's like I wanted to just place that as an example for the homework and based on what you guys were saying, because if you're asking that question as well, it's like a red flag to me that like you're, you're taking the wrong path to get to your soft season, if you will. Like if you're saying, what else can I do? What else can I take? Is there any, is there anything um, more I should be doing? Because you're very studious, you know, you're very conscientious but you know what what could you chill out on as well yeah I mean, like what could we there's what could we take away yeah what what can we take away what can you take off your plate you have sufficiently researched this look we haven't talked about this for a while like you have read every article and every book and you're not going to find anything new anymore Mm people are telling you like yeah you've been told so what either you're trying to find a different answer yeah or you're just avoiding chilling yeah. out
2: and have fun.
0: for sure i, I know
1: that um uh, one of the biggest things is what can we take away and that what can we add on if we're looking at a soft season but I also think there's this big piece that we're missing Is a lot of times we're so focused in the healing, getting my body healing and doing this and doing that and checking all the boxes and reading all the books and everything. But all we're doing is staying so stuck in those emotions. If you want to create this different outlook on life, if you want to be happy, why are we not creating things that do that for us? You know, when I was healing from trauma, I feel like I was so stuck in my body and so stuck in like the healing work. And I have to understand that like part of that is creating more joy and more freedom and more fun in my life. And that's 50% of it that we're missing out on. We're only focusing on how to get things working again properly in our body instead of like creating these new memories and these new patterns and beliefs about ourselves. Um, So I think that should be, you know, if you're talking about like, what does your soft girl season look like? How can you create more joy in your life? How can you be relentless with your happiness and truly things that bring you happiness and bring you joy that add to your life? Not just the, how do I get my shit together?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I think having having fun and joy is a good recovery hack. Mm. That'll get you halfway there. Sorry,
2: Ash, what were you going to say? No, totally. Um, I feel like that question in general is very masculine. And again, the whole thing that we're lacking is femininity, right? The feminine energy, like, okay, this is my checklist. This is what I've done. What more can I add? What more can I do? How can I push this? And like all great intentions. And it doesn't mean that you're wrong, but I think it just, it really is a revealing question of, Oh, so we still haven't accepted the feminine energy vibe that mm-hmm. right Like it takes feminine energy to ovulate. like but, like yeah it, you know what I mean it takes feminine energy to like get pregnant if that is your goal, which is some of our yeah. clients' goal, right? Like like you're going to need now that so I think that like we say that and everyone pops in their head like the super dainty person which, that's totally fine too, but that, that, that's not what that has to look like, but no. I do believe it's like the ebb and flow, the accepting of the soft, um, having more than one gear to function in.
1: Yes,
2: Is 100%. Feminine, right. The pullback, yeah. the like the, like, you know, women are supposed to be super intuitive, right. You know what I mean? Like, you like, we know, like, that's why they call like, you know, like my mom guts telling me this, right. Rather than Google told me this, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, there's a reason. There's something to tap into. Whether you're a mom or not, you still have that intuition. You still know, right? Yeah. And so, if like last rant, because we can do this all day, is if like you start denying your hunger cues, if you start denying the need to rest, if you start denying that I probably don't want to wear that, if you start denying all these things, yeah, you are left with no intuition because yeah. you've numbed it all. Absolutely. So, yeah. We're every, up. everything yeah. is mundane.
1: Everything mm-hmm. like we're going through life, checking things off a list, not living. Um, and one of the best things you can do is create magic in the mundane. How can you create magic in your everyday life? More of the joy, more of the happiness. Um, we, we can add it in. We're missing out on so many different aspects and ways that we can add it in in even small amounts. So I think that'd be my biggest, like Question for all the women listening is like, how can you create that magic in your life in the little things and understand that, like, that is where you'll find that true balance and that is where you're going to find your happiness?
2: Mm. So good,
0: yeah, great words to wrap it up on. We really appreciate your time,
2: maybe hanging
0: out with us and just sharing some of your wisdom. Where can people? find more from you, hear more from you, all that good stuff. Yes.
1: So, um, Instagram, I would say is mainly is my main platform. It's Katie Saltzman on Instagram. You can connect with me there, follow me, send me a DM. And then also my podcast, which is crying burns calories. Um, and really that's just an outlet where I I speak on all things, health, nutrition, life. But my biggest thing is, um, that the weight we need to drop typically isn't the weight on our bodies.
0: Mm, uh. Bam. Yeah. <laughs> I know okay and so that makes the title of the podcast make a lot of sense yeah <laughs> so, I was, like, so I was like crying friend's calories like just had to like think about it but then when you say the weight you need to lose like crying it out letting your emotions out being in that feminine energy that drops yeah. the weight they- Drop. I like it. There you
2: go. It definitely makes more sense. I was like, whoa, where are we going with this title? Where are we going? It's like, I wonder.
1: Also, if you know me and you follow me, like I'm such a crier and I'm all like, I even like happy cry all the time. And I always talk about like crying and showing your emotions. And for so much of my life, I was tied to just burning calories. And so that's really where the title came from. I think it makes more sense as you know me. And if you listen to the intro of the podcast, it will make sense
0: beautiful i love it thank you so much we appreciate you everyone go check out katie thank you so Wait much see you soon yes bye everyone hey there it's me danny and i want to tell you about temp drop as a fertility awareness method tracking option so many of you guys know that we actually recommend the fertility awareness method both as you're going through recovery and 100 percent after you have gotten some cycles back and you're starting to move forward for the rest of your reproductive years. So TempDrop itself is a wearable fertility monitor, and we love it. It's a wearable device, so you put it around your arm, and you can use that instead of taking your temperature manually with a thermometer each morning. So I'm personally a big fan of the manual tracking, all of us at the HA Society are, and that's the method that we use, you know, just using it, good old thermometer. We use that with our clients because it's the best way to use it as a diagnostic tool, as a practitioner. And it's also the best way to ensure if you're trying to avoid pregnancy that you don't get pregnant. However, manual temping for many reasons is just not always an option. When you're in the middle of recovery, again, we do recommend manual temping, but once you're cycling, the temp drop is actually a really great hack. So it gives you basically everything you need to effortlessly track your fertility status, like where you are in your monthly cycle. So you wear the temp drop sensor while you're sleeping for accurate basal body temperature readings without the stress of early morning wakeups. So I personally love this because with a toddler, my wake up times are all over the place and the occasional sleep disruptions make using an oral thermometer a lot more difficult So TempDrop's accompanying charting app enables you to track an array of symptoms alongside your basal body temperature. This includes tracking your cervical mucus if you've been using OPKs, and then it also gives you sleep insights too. So you can combine these fertility signs all in one place and that will help you identify your fertile window, confirm ovulation, plan for your period, and if you're trying to get pregnant, you know, identify your. Whether or not you are pregnant. So, whether you're trying to conceive or avoiding pregnancy, or you want to chart for health reasons like HA recovery, making sure your cycle is not slipping back in the HA direction, Temp Drop makes fertility awareness accessible to all women, even if you don't have regular cycles or sleeping patterns. So, track your ovulation in real time with the Temp Drop. And we are lucky enough to have a 15% off code. So if you go to their website, they're usually having a sale, but you can stack this code on top of the existing code. So just go to tempdrop.thehasociety.com and use the code AFHA Society. I think, too, if you just go to tempdrop.com and, and use um, AFHA Society at the checkout that will work too. So happy temping and good luck. This episode is brought to you by Grassland Nutrition beef liver capsules. Did you know that in terms of nutrient density, beef liver actually blows vegetables and fruits out of the water? If you're a client of mine, you have already been instructed to eat beef liver either fresh or in capsule form. I recommend it for You know, you're absolutely 100% dealing with a nutrient deficiency of some kind. And while it's true that testing is going to be the best way to understand those exact deficiencies, eating nutrient-dense real food is going to be one of the most important next steps that you take with or without testing. rich source of beef liver get 10% off your order with the H.A. Society and support your favorite podcast along the way they ship to most countries so you should be covered just go to grasslandnutrition.net and use H.A. Society just H.A. Society at the checkout for the 10% off that's grasslandnutrition.net with the code H.A. Society